Donald Trump likes hip-hop. Hey, well, another week, another episode, am I right, guys? <laughs> Everybody in the world now has a podcast. People like me who are just sitting at their desks, you know, at home, talking about shit. Some people are doing sports. I've seen some pretty good amateur sports broadcasts, though. They're, they're, they're not bad. I said broadcast, podcast. And, like, there's a group of people who do it on their couch. There's, like, four dudes on a couch. They have an actual, like, cool audio switching board and stuff on the table. It's actually really well done. Someone in the group, uh, maybe all of them, clearly has an education to some degree uh, in music production, which is, or audio production, which is really cool that they're using it for uh, commentary. That's that's awesome. Uh, so the point of me saying all that is uh, Kyle Kalinske has started a new podcast with Crystal Ball. It's called uh, Crystal, Kyle, and Friends, I think. So uh, that means that the potential listener base that maybe I did have just shrunk a little bit more, <laughs> at least here in, in the South. I'm, I'm hoping to capture our region, this demographic. I live in Tennessee, and I'm moving to Georgia very soon just a, a few more weeks i grew up in tennessee so this is a really weird thing to like uproot my life and start this whole new thing but uh it's exciting you know george is kind of a popping off political space and it's going to be interesting when i start following their politics more closely to see what the dynamic is you know see how my podcast fits in see how activism looks on the ground that's going to be really interesting being in such a big popping off place, you know. I don't plan on like going to Atlanta very often. I'm I'm gonna live outside of Savannah. And so I would expect any kind of rallies or protests and whatnot to be smaller in Savannah than in Atlanta by a lot. But you know, there there should still be something to take part in, of course. So uh, you know go watch Kyle and Crystal and I think they do it they might be doing it like a YouTube thing as well as podcast audio. I don't know if it's video and audio for sure though, but it, it should be good fun. One of the topics of the day is Cenk Uger. So Jimmy Dore loves the shit on the Young Turks. If you don't know who the Young Turks are, they used to be this uh, media giant. They were like the left-wing anti-establishment media giant at one time. Over time though, over the years, as they made more and more money, you notice that they become more and more centrist. It became obvious in the 2016 election that TYT, the Young Turks, TYT, was playing a certain role with the DNC, which is to rally support from leftists and young people, and then when the shit hits the fan, when they screw Bernie Sanders out of, uh, out of votes that he earned... When the shit hits the fan, you you say, okay, everybody, I know that we lost here, but go vote for the establishment candidate, which in that case was Hillary Clinton. Uh, it's also known that Cenk Uger took $20 million from Clinton donors, and he has come out recently against the hashtag force the vote. Well, something pretty interesting, a video of Cenk Uger surfaced. This is from John Levine on Twitter. So shout out there, and then Jimmy Dore shared that. That's why I'm seeing it. He is uh, waiting on a flight that's late, and he shouts at black airline employees. Uh, I don't. That's what I'm. I'm reading from the tweet, screaming at black airline employees. To be to be clear, I didn't see any any indication of him on purpose shouting at black people. I think that's something that they kind of put in. I don't. 
I don't think Cenk Uger is a racist, and I don't think he talks... I haven't seen any evidence ever of him talking down to black people because they're black or anything like that. He talks down to uh, leftists and young people a lot. He does do that. So I don't know why they put that in there other than to, you know, make it worse than it really is. It's bad enough, just, you know, here's the audio. I, I, and I'm hungry and I'm tired and so like you know me I, I get more agitated when I'm hungry and tired so look if you guys think this is bad wait till if that plane doesn't actually come from the hangar in 20 minutes is the flight coming supervisor is the flight coming supervisor you at least got to be honest is there a flight is there a plane? You gotta be honest. Is there a plane? Is there a plane? Where's the plane? Where's the plane? Is there a plane? Where is it? Where's the plane? No, but listen, if we just sit here and take it, they'd have us here until six in the morning and then they'd fuck us even harder, okay? So I need to, you're a supervisor, aren't you? Where's the plane? Sorry, I'm not gonna answer your question. No, I know because I've been here for four hours. Don't give me this. Where's the plane? Here, I got a question for you. When did you make the decision that we weren't gonna have a plane? When did you make that decision? Who made the decision? Who made the decision that we weren't... It's funny to you, right? It's not funny to us. Who made the decision? Who made the decision? Who made it? Well, who is it then? That's what I'm asking. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Is there a crew? Is there a crew? Is there a crew? Okay, let me whisper it. Is there a crew? Is there a plane or a crew? Your plane is already on its way from the hangar. No, 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 but they, they told us that four hours ago. Is it actually coming? Is it actually coming? Because so what I'm wondering here is, wow, first of all, wow, what the fuck? Why, I have never berated anyone like that in my life. Uh, so, you, so you know, the people he is shouting at all look very sad and tired and like they put up with this bullshit every fucking day. I mean, you can see it in their faces. They fucking hate their jobs because of people like this and probably because they're under fucking paid. And so one of the people you hear him shouting out where he says, okay, I'll whisper it for you, being condescending, that is a black woman. Uh, I don't I don't think that he's condescending towards her because she is black or uh, because she is a woman specifically, but uh, he's also shouting at a man who is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, he's, he has brown skin, I, who like so, so what I'm saying here is I, I don't think there's any kind of racism or sexism at play. There is classism at play. That that's the uh, that's the problem here. It's generally a bad thing. I don't know why I have to say this, but I, I guess I really don't. Most people get this. Uh, Chank Uger would not because now he's a millionaire. But we don't shout at people and make them feel inferior. Uh, you're not going to get helped like that. That doesn't work. I do a job where I have to kiss people's ass. I'm not in the service industry. I'm not. No, no. I I do uh, information technology. Uh, we are third party, so we have to go kiss clients' asses to uh, make sure that they like us. They have to like us, the work we do, and our personalities to maintain that client over a long period of time. If some charismatic firm comes in and says, "Hey, we can do the same work," and he's got like you know, a nice little blazer on and shit, and he's like, hey, dude, like, I'll be your best friend, man, I got, like, this cool flat in town, you know, dude, we can go hang out at it, man, 
So if some like charismatic dude comes in, he can snatch up our clients really easily because no one at my company is especially charismatic. So we have to kiss ass. I get it. And I have been talked to similar. I've had people just stand up from their computers angry and yell at me, just fix it, just fix it, and storm off down the hallway and shit. I've had that kind of thing happen. I've had people uh, in almost in direct words call me stupid. It's been so bad that I've had to give up tickets and hand it off to my boss and say, I can't help this person anymore. They're treating me like shit. I've had to do... It doesn't feel good. And it's only happened to me a few times. I can't imagine every single day. The people inside at the desk at the airport, they have no power over where the fucking airplane is. They work inside the airport. Their job is to get up to, on, the, on the intercom and tell you when your flights are there and to get you on the plane. Okay, prep preparing the plane, that's happening by uh, inspectors and engineers off in a hangar somewhere. They're waiting for this plane to come out of the hangar. Well, Jank uh, Uger, there might be something fucking wrong with the plane. You should let them do their jobs. Let them do their jobs. As soon as they know something at the desk... They will tell you. So he he does just fucking berate these people. Wow, I can't believe it. Uh, except I can because it's fucking millionaire Chank Uger. So he's 100% moved on to this high-class lifestyle where he wants people to bow down to him. And that's really sad because he used to... I used to view him as a bastion of hope. Someone with a loud voice who was just shitting on the establishment Democrats all the time and the establishment Republicans all the time. And I, I believe TYD was the first progressive program I, I got into. And I think he's still calling it the home of progressives, which is really funny. I think Kyle Kalinske is actually still affiliated with TYT. Jimmy Dore broke those ties, what, a year or two ago? Uh, I, I can't imagine a better thing to do and at, at an excellent time, you know. At some point, you got to be like, all right, look, they're full of shit, right? And for, for Jimmy Dore, I think it was Russiagate. While they were debunking the shit, uh, he says in real time, <laughs> uh, people in the next studio over were, were still peddling uh, the Russiagate conspiracy theory. This is what happens when you get money. When you become powerful, it corrupts you. You become entitled. We see it with people who we elect to our government as well. People like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, someone who was feet on the ground every day. She worked damn hard. No one can deny it. She worked damn hard to get elected. She's going against an establishment Democrat who had been in office for a long time, and that's very hard to unseat someone like that. So she went and she knocked on doors. She did that thing where she, you know, took pictures of her shoes and they were worn out real bad because she was walking all day and she was trying to dress nice and stuff whenever she could, I guess. And she was a bartender and there's something, something to take away from that. You know, working class people should be in government, but when they get there, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't have to succumb to the pressures of the party and uh, you know, one of the things AOC said about hashtag force the vote, which, uh, well, progressives have already heard of this. If you don't know what force the vote is, hashtag force the vote, you get on Twitter and check it out and get a good feel for the movement here. That's a demand, I should say. Uh, but essentially, we're telling the progressives in the House of Representatives to withhold their votes for Nancy Pelosi as Speaker 
and uh, what we should get out of it is a floor vote on Medicare for all. That's all we're asking for is to vote on an issue during a pandemic that is directly related to health care, right? You know, this this is it's it's a Medicare for all vote during a pandemic that's killed over 300,000 people in our country. Uh, you know, they had a whole big show about it. The the uh, People's Party and some other people who are in this movement, big names like Kyle Kalinske, who uh, so far at least has not shown support for the People's Party. But that's that's the general gist. Cenk uh, Uger is against it. AOC got into power and is now succumbing to the pressures of the party we see because she is not in favor of this force the vote strategy at least as of january 3rd she is not that's when i'm recording this uh it's 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 disappointing uh we have to take every opportunity that we get you know we're not going to get some kind of perfect atmosphere for it it's just not going to happen it's never going to be perfect it never has been you know big change is is a, a hard long fight and that's what this has been. We've been fighting for it for, I mean, some people have been fighting for universal health care for decades. It's been a popular thing since Bernie Sanders popularized it. Excuse me. And uh, AOC, she is get, getting upset, saying that Jimmy Dore is uh, using abusive language because he's like, fuck them. If you're not with us, then fuck you. Okay, uh, we got to get over that kind of shit. Look. It's the policy that counts. Okay, we, it's it's an idea. We've got to get behind that. We've got to take every single shot we have at these major policies. Not sit around and bitch and fucking complain and cry about someone said the fuck word to me. I mean, I don't have time for that. Nobody has time for that shit. This is where the left breaks up. This is why we don't have any power because everything breaks us up. Every fucking thing. Um how someone speaks draws divisions in the left. The the left is full of all these different people who who come up with ideas of uh, everything's black and white, and Jimmy Dore is guilty of this as well, where everything is just fucking black and white, you're either with us or you're against us, and I'm going to make the rules that push you on either of those sides. You know, we got to stop doing that. All right, so I, I thought I would touch on the force the vote stuff there and kind of ease into it like I did uh, because today is the vote, uh, January 3rd. Today is the uh, speakership vote. And uh, well, I think we only have two people who have signaled at all that they may withhold their votes, and that was Jamal Bowen and uh, Cory Bush. So outside of Jamal... Bowman and Cory Bush, the other progressives have pretty much either been silent or against the idea of force the vote, and for mostly false, made-up fucking reasons. So I think what I'm going to do is, uh, when you're listening to this now, I've recorded this first half. Uh, as of right now in the podcast, I have not seen the results of the vote. I don't even know how long it's going to take. I see 2.10 p.m. as... Uh, possible time what, what I can't see what happened there um there's live coverage on the hill.com if you're interested and uh I'll just stop talking now and then I'll come back with the results when I have them and I'll talk about it okay that was interesting they had the vote and the first round 
Cory Bush, I believe, voted present. The rest of the Democrats, they voted along the party lines for Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans were all voting for McCarthy. Uh, there was lots of giggling and laughter. I mean, they were having a good-ass time sitting up. You know, it's really insulting to watch this stuff live, to watch all these dudes making over well over $100,000 congressional salary, uh, plus whatever money they're getting uh, out, out the back door for being fucking shills, right? And, you know, they're all in, in there having a good time, shouting out stuff and laughing and great good for you people out here are fucking dying dude it's not funny you know the these moments that you spend in congress in the house of representatives giggling and laughing about shit uh during a vote that that changes the course of history it changes working people's lives much more than it does yours and that's why you don't care because you're not us right uh so Came back around, Cory Bush changed over to Nancy Pelosi. Jamal Bowman went for Nancy Pelosi. Those were the only two who ever signaled that they may not vote for Nancy Pelosi. The rest of the Justice Democrats all at at, at no point did they ever give any serious attention to, to force the vote unless they were just talking shit, right? Like AOC. AOC just kind of brushed it off like, nope, this is a bad idea. Nope, not doing it. Okay, look. I don't I don't know what what else to do at this point. The Democratic Party is I don't know their influence is too strong. People like the Justice Democrats when they're getting elected, they seem so anti-establishment and I was on board with the Justice Democrats. I was I was starting to think that at some point I should try to get into Justice Democrats. And uh I'm I'm off of that wagon. I don't trust any of them. You know, they talk in good talk. And when it comes down time to to be bold and use bold strategy to get bold policies that we need so desperately, they don't even try. You know, they most of them didn't even give us a signal that they may withhold a vote for Nancy Pelosi. And then the ones who did betrayed that uh, you know they on purpose. This is a this is a politician, right? They they don't give you a yes or a no whenever they can. Okay because they don't want to be held accountable later. That's it. That's it. They're either going to, you know, take a solid stance that's along party lines so that no one can talk shit about them because they're just towing the party line. They're safe. That's the safe thing to do in Washington. Or they'll pretend to be bold and they'll say just the right words here and there, you know, so that they so they can't be held accountable either way later on. It's really fucked up. So we're back to square one, guys. No Medicare for all. No forcing the vote. Not happening. It's over. We missed our shot. Um, and I am not going to support any more Justice Democrats. I I really can't support in any serious way Bernie Sanders any longer either. Like he has devoted his late life to, you know, to at least trying to move the ball to the left. And he did bring some progressive ideas to prominence that are now like the regular, at least for supposed progressive policymakers and candidates aspiring to be policymakers. Um, when it comes down to, to practice, it seems like no one's willing to twist arms, and that's what it's going to take. At this point, we're on our own, guys. Uh, there is the People's Party. I think the People's Party is a lot more serious 
They're more serious than the Green Party as well. The Green Party's been around since fucking ancient history, it feels like. Uh, they haven't really, but they've they've had so little success, um, especially at the national level where we need it. We need it really bad. I'm going with the People's Party from here on out. I suggest that real progressives, people who actually want some kind of revolution, if you're not bullshitting, if you're not one of these TYT motherfuckers just bullshitting every day, lying to yourself and others, that these people are progressive in Congress who we have now, like Cory Bush, Jamal Bowman, who talk a good talk and then betray you, uh, I suggest you go check out the People's Party. They're going to need money, so if you have it, then donate a few bucks every month, you know, whatever you can do. I, I found the money to donate to Bernie both times, so I'm going to do my best to fund the People's Party grassroots style. And at some point, hell, I don't know, you know, maybe me and other working class people who are aware of these struggles and what needs to be done, maybe some of us will realize we have to step up and join campaigns and uh, maybe campaign ourselves at some point. I have no idea what my future holds. I'm, I'm focusing on my own career, but, uh, you know, I, I could end up working on someone else's campaign to help a People's Party candidate. I'm going to be moving to Georgia uh, to a progressive, a supposed progressive, like like armchair armchair liberal. They may say it's fairly progressive. It's, it's probably liberal is what they mean, uh, which is, I mean, marginally better than hardcore conservatives that I'm used to where I live now. I live in a like an upper middle class retirement town basically. There's like a lake and they all have boats and shit and everybody here's got Trump flags. It's really bad. Uh, you know. But being for like John Ossoff in Georgia is not a whole lot better. <laughs> Only marginally. He's he's uh, you know, he's still a right wing Democrat. And so was the other guy. I've already forgot his name. Uh he was the reverend. I forget his name now. I've covered both of their policy pages before in previous uh, episodes. This uh, special election doesn't really matter. It, you know, people like Emma, uh, I think her name's Emma Vigiland. She used to work for TYT. Now she's on Sam Cedar's podcast. It's called The Majority Report. I wouldn't recommend watching it. It's uh, MSNBC, like liberal fucking nonsense. He has also slowly drifted to the right. He likes to talk shit about Trump and then actual leftist uh, organizers, actual serious people. He wants to say, no, 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 not like that. He's one of those. Not like that. Don't do, don't do activism like that. Do it, do it my way. Do it the way that gets you no results. You know, we need to be more like the French at this point. Uh, we've got to get in the streets. I don't know what else to do, man. We need to continue organizing. I've been reading Chris Hedges about how to organize. Um, he he basically says avoid violence at all costs because it strips you of your moral superiority even though you want the policies that help working class people if you start like attacking people who disagree with you and acting fucking crazy and burning shit down then you're going to lose the moral high ground and it's going to uh, cripple your movement so avoid any kind of violence that should go without saying but in these in these times, uh, it does not. There are people who seriously think that we should go find the racists, the racists of today, and violently crush them. <laughs> like I, I mean, look, I hate racists too. It's 
you know, it's not it's not 1850 anymore. We can't have that. It's not 1960 anymore. We can't have that. We've been fighting this fight against racism for the entire existence of the country and before. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You hate it. But uh, so Chris Hedges goes over in in this book uh, about uh, basically how violence has crippled populist movements and he gives several examples throughout history so I'm going more with the Martin Luther King Jr. style you know powerful clear demands get a lot of people in the streets they got shit done it took a lot of time but they got shit done let's let's be real you know it took people getting in the streets being serious clear demands if we do those things, avoid violence and and riots and shit. One thing that I've proposed, and this is a little bit more extreme, is to organize 1,000-person protests at people's houses. That's one thing that I have said. I'm I'm not ashamed of that. I want I would love I would be part of one. So basically, what I'm saying is, you find out where your representative in your district lives. And you put a thousand people, call the news up a week before and say, hey, there's going to be a 1,000 person protest we have organized at Representative whoever's house in what wherever the, the city is, right? And they will most likely send a camera out there because that's a big deal. A thousand people outside of somebody's house like that with signs and, and chants organized and strong is real. That's a way to make them uncomfortable to say, look, you're going to do what we say. This is this is what democracy should look like right here. You will do what we say because you work for us. We will make you uncomfortable until we get what we need. We're not asking for much. We're asking for basic human rights, education, housing, food security, clean water, health care. We're asking for super basic shit, and you aren't giving it to us because you're bought out by special interests, and that's not, no longer acceptable. And we will come to your fucking house and make you do what we want. That's what we show them. Don't break their fucking windows. No, no, no. Don't put a pig's head on the curb. Don't, don't do that. Don't spray paint. Don't do any of that shit. But go to their fucking house, a thousand people, to show your strength. In Washington, we should have more than a thousand people show up. As people are trying to go in and out of work at the Capitol, have thousands of people lining the streets, making them uncomfortable to enter and exit. That's how it should be. And they're going to have, you know, th this may prompt strong police responses where they start guarding people's houses and shit. Then have the organizers make it clear, we're not going to hurt anybody. We are here to make you feel uncomfortable because we want you to do basic shit for us. Uh, I mean, that's one way. That's one way that I I think will will increase the pressure substantially, and maybe we can move things in the right direction if it were big and strong enough. Be more like the like the French activists who don't give a fuck. Like we are gonna get what we need. But this whole Democratic Party shit and taking over the Democratic Party with progressive leaders over time, it it just ain't working. At best, we we could maybe end up like Canada. Maybe a century we would end up like Canada which is a complete neoliberal wasteland as well. They have things that we don't, like universal health care. They sure do. And we we would be better off now than, you know, 
I'm sorry, we would be better we'd be better off then than now if we turned into Canada tomorrow, yes. But marginally so, right? Uh, I'd rather avoid the neoliberal rule part of the equation. And, you know, we've got a long, hard fight ahead of us is what I'm trying to say. And fuck the, the Democratic Party. Uh, I'm done making apologies for them and defending Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and now Cory Bush, Jamal Bowman, Ro Khanna even. Ro Khanna has spoke again, he has spoken out a few times against Nancy Pelosi but has never flexed any muscle or twisted any arms when it mattered like this was a moment when it mattered and he didn't do it He fu- I mean, you missed an opportunity, a, a golden chance, you, you fucked it up man, I don't know. They're just towing the party line now and then they're saying words that we like and then on policy they just keep towing the party line so i'm done uh goodbye democratic party i'm never gonna vote for you guys again i just can't it's gonna be people's party from here on out and i want to give a huge thank you to all the people who who have started building the people's party i think the main guy there is uh nick brana i think that's his name and they have a bunch of big name people who support it who are helping build it there's Jimmy Dore and people who, uh, like Ron Placone, people who were formerly on Jimmy Dore's show that now have their own things going. There's uh, Dr. Cornell West and uh, Brianna Joy Gray, who came from the Bernie Sanders campaign. Now, these are all like really, really, these are, there are some super smart people making this happen who are building this movement and this party. And I'm behind them, dude. I'm on it. Let's go. Thank you, People's Party. Tennessee Governor Billy. Hey, Billy, I come here, son. Let me talk to you for a minute. Southern Progression.